Malin, do you miss us? After a frankly Steve Brooker-esque length of absence, we're back and just about match fit for the long, long-awaited episode 14 of Podular Stand, a Doncaster Rovers podcast from Popular Stand Fanzine. Uh, my name's Glenn Wilson and I'm coming to you not exactly live from a central London cupboard where I'm currently holding hostage the editor of the London Economic, Jack P. Hi Jack. Alan. Happy New Year to you. And to you and to everyone else. Yeah, I know it's like the end of January, but I feel you should say it. We could say Happy New Year for last year as well, probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel you should say it whenever you see someone for the first time in a new year. So it's fine now, but if I like see someone for the first time in like June, it's a bit weird then. Sadly, James McMahon couldn't join us for this episode as he's busy interviewing some up-and-coming rock band called Green Day. Never heard of him. No. Um, however, rest assured he will be back along with more of your favourite family writers in future episodes of Podular Stand, which will be coming to you on the final Friday of every month in 2020. Yep, that's right. We've set an actual expectation. Um, just consider it something to take the edge off of payday is joy, I suppose. Um, so intro instructions over, time to crack on, and this episode is dedicated to the subject of Rover's Team of the Decade, the 10s, the 2010 to 2019, and uh, our attempt to settle on the best 11 to pull on the uh, the assorted monstrosities of hoops the club has sported between 2010 and 2019. Um, I've got to be honest with you, Jack, I actually, I found settling on a... On an eleven for this, kind of, kind of easier than I expected. I don't know about you. As did I, and that's sort of what I've gone with because I think that's fair, right? So I've, I've basically said the first one I came up with, I'm going to draft that, and I did it with the assumption, looking back on it, thinking that's what everyone's going to have, you know, and, and it's yeah. and it's easy. But then I did, you know, I made the mistake of, of sort of looking into considerations and, and time frames and, and, and actually the framework of it all: what yeah. qualifies, what doesn't qualify. Should they be included if they, they if they were a great player but only played from twenty ten till twelve and and if, yeah. of what period in that do you then actually it's, say do you take the last two years or just the fact that they played in that era? I like the idea that you suggested they only cared if they were slap bang in the middle of the decade. Oh, exactly, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. the team that lined up on but, the, but, but, but the you last have, day of May. You have to consider the fact that the twenty ten is a very interesting period for us. Yeah, Rovers. true. So it was that that was an interesting one, and then I also asked around. Which was a mistake because I've actually <laughs> drafted my eleven, which was my instinct eleven. I yeah, to call yeah. it that, and then I've drafted a completely separate eleven based on a few of my ringers. Stuck, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a few of those in there, but based on entirely what all the people were saying, you know, mm. Jackie Mad for putting him in, it should have been him. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I find it quite simple. I was the same in that I, I largely went on as I think you did, like the gut instinct. And I've done that based on the players that I think were the best that I've seen. I might end up quantifying that as we go on, what I mean, what I determine best. But I've gone for genuine quality on the whole. But the other consideration you have to think, and I think you you almost touched on it there, is like those players that were brilliant for, say, 2007 to 10, and then were kind of with us at the start of the decade, but it wasn't necessarily their best spell with us. And that's where it's thrown me a bit. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, I've got a few of those in, <laughs> so we can touch upon that. But actually, um, just, but the player thing was also a really interesting one for me because 
defining how you know the, the best yeah. is is a it's subjective, of different course. for me and yeah, you, yeah, yeah. but also it's it's subjective based on how good they are. It's subjective based on how much did they play for Rovers? How well mm-hmm. did they play for Rovers? Yeah, yeah. What did they become? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, what is the best? So, really, for me, it was sort of like, I go, if, if I was to withdraw myself from this last 10 years with the people that play in there, perhaps in their prime for yeah, Rovers, yeah. who would I pick? I think I've gone down a similar route. I've also asked um, some of the regular fanzine contributors to, to throw in their, their 11s into the mix as well, which I was... I thought it was a great idea until I read them and realised that mine were completely at odds with theirs. I mean, there's, there's some general consensus, but we'll come on to that. But I've also, which we'll consider, I've also got submissions from, from amongst the fans and writers, Lazarus, Dutch Uncle, John Cole, voice of the pop side, who we should probably just take his 11, really. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and Jack the Miner. So we'll touch on their, their 11s they've they put as well. So should we, should we do like we did with the... Uh, when we tried this before for a team of the millennium and go through the positions? Absolutely, start, yeah. Start with the man between the sticks? Well, um, actually, that starts at sort of where we just took off in, in that, that <laughs> arguably his most successful spell for Rovers was pre-2010, okay. but still with over 200 appearances and and as a, a complete stalwart in the, in the squad, I think my number one is Neil Sullivan. I'm not surprised by that. It's not my choice. and I'll come on to that. But that is the choice of, just to refresh my mind, three out of the four of the other guys that I asked to submit. And I think it's the obvious go-to because I feel like in this decade, we haven't had that regular number one goalkeeper that we had in the preceding decade. Well, like yeah. If you look at the preceding decade, you're looking at Warrington, Sullivan. Yeah, there was two men between the sticks yeah. for, for, like you said. I mean, there were others in that period, but yeah, they yeah. had two big, long stints. Yeah. And we haven't had a keeper that's had a similar stint yeah. since, really. You could still argue, though, uh, that he wasn't as good as other keepers, which is maybe where you're coming to. Yeah, I'm and that's... give you a lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we wrote this. Yeah. Um, By the way, just for, just for reference, I have not seen his squad, so... Oh, yeah, I should have put that out. Yeah, we, don't yeah, know, yeah. we don't know who each other's picture. Yeah. So I went for Sam Johnston. Well... Just on the basis that he is, I feel, the the best quality goalkeeper I've I've seen play for overs. And, I, and some of the saves he made when he was playing for us in championship remarkable. His reaction saves, even though he, what he's still young age now, I suppose. You know, he's still and he's gone on to come out. The fact that he's gone on to come out was it six and a half million he went to yeah. West Brom for in the summer, having finally found a permanent club after you know the best part of a decade on loan. I think that shows the quality of him. And if you're looking at where the players have gone on, where they haven't retired, I suppose, in this, then that's a strong marker. But I concede that Sullivan is perhaps the more popular choice. There's only one of uh, the other four guys that I asked that also said Sam Johnson. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's a really considered choice. And also, he's he's the number one in my, I hesitate to call it a reserve squad, but in my other squad, he is number <laughs> one. And a lot of people did point out that he should be included based on quality alone, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just brings into call that sort of subjectivity of, 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 of being able to define what what best means in terms of like the, the, the parameters. But I think that that's a close call. Yeah, based on numbers of what people have submitted, I think we're looking at Sullivan starting and Johnson on the bench. Good too. Yeah, can't argue with that, can you? Yeah. You start with start with Sullivan, and then when you finally get fed up of the goal kicks flying, don't get out. You swap them over. <laughs> Um, cool, that was that was straightforward enough. Where are we going next? Well, so we got centre back. Yeah, although it, it's, yeah, 
I do, well, all the five, my own, and the other four here are all in four four two. So I've yeah, I've got I've I've got four defenders. Okay, we'll worry about the rest in a bit. Yeah, yeah. So we go centre backs then. Okay, so Rob Jones, absolute shoeing. Go for it. As in, tell me more about Rob Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, as, no in, I, as in, hit me with your next one while we're on top. Actually, I'm quite glad that you said absolute shoeing because because I I've, I've put some detailed notes about everyone but Rob Jones and Coppinger. <laughs> spoiler, oh, hello. spoiler alert! Well, um, included him. Yeah, um, um, but but just on the basis that that sort of fight there's not and there's not many which raises an interesting sort of fight. No, you know, I probably have. In fairness, I probably have one in, in every position that, that that was absolutely nailed on. Didn't mm. take much considering, and I was quite comfortable that other people would go for it. And Rob Jones is certainly one of them. Yeah, um, not only uh, incredibly competent player. A incredibly passionate player, obviously went on to do some really interesting things managerially mm-hmm. with us, which which I think probably deserves a shout. Yeah. But just really he felt Rovers, yeah. you know. He, he dragged us to the championship that twenty twelve yeah. thirteen season. For all the the quality of some of the players in the squad which we'll probably come on to, you know, we weren't exactly scoring lots of goals and he was, you know, repelling them single handedly yeah. in the air. And then it's the it's the last time Possibly even the only time we've had a player where if Rovers got a corner, we're going to get a goal here. Because I don't feel like we've had that threat for years of just that big dominant centre half in the air where we're going to get something if we go forward. You think about the goals he scored, the winner he got at Stevenage that really kicked us on in, in January that season. Yeah, he's in everyone's team, yeah, way, not just mine. So I think that's a, that's an absolute. And I, I'll never forget that that goal at Stevenage. Not only because it was great to turn the match around, all mm. that kind of stuff, but the crowd reaction, sort of like after and sort of him mm. being part of that. You know, yeah, yeah. again, it's it was just, just after Saunders had gone, wasn't it? So yeah, it was a big sort of unifying moment. When yeah, it's just gone and you're still in it. That was my first ever match doing commentary, by the way. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I was trying um, to make. Did you se- go? I was trying to make sense of the garbled noise Paul Mayfield had just yelled in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone listening would have just heard. <laughs> and then that was the me trying to clarify yeah. what that was. It's one of the few where you you, you struggle to see past sentiment there, yeah. really. You know. Okay, so who's partnering him? So I've got. It's, it's a. In terms of like in terms of positions, it's more a defence. But but I've got a controversial one. I would think, which is James Husband, centre back. Well, that's the thing. Did you run out of centre back? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got George Friend in there. But again, oh, I'm going to do my whole defence because okay, it go on, it I'm, more I'm sense. already trying. And James O'Connor is the four that I, I put in there. And just so who's the, playing where and you're you not bothered about that? Well, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of just three said overlapping fullbacks and one set of half. If you're yeah, if if you and, and and again that's just sort of me going off my pure gut. Who did I enjoy see playing there? Who would I fear with thought I'd so, to? So I've got two of your three as my fullback. Right. So we might have some consensus here. So I've got as my fullbacks, James O'Connor and George Friend. Yeah, that's the same as me. Okay, and you just thought let's just put James Husband somewhere. I I wanted I did I did want him in. Yeah, yeah. The the reason behind that he was the first of, of the sort of crop of youngsters that we started getting through. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's one of the first. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so you had that affinity with him, and he, he had a lot of talent. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Whether he's realised that or not is is, is mm-hmm. it? But at the time, I, I felt excited by him, and 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 certainly the potential that he had, and. I think that that yeah that was quite an emotional decision. 
Yeah, best. I, I can. I'm not gonna lie. I did consider him for the reasons you you just put across, really. But I just felt there were stronger shouts with the other players that have been included. So George Friend, I've I've put him as my left back. He was unlucky to be in that turbulent time at Rovers, yeah. where we were. You know, we went from doing well to struggling to stay in the championship to the, yeah. the experiment and he was, he was there throughout. And, and captain and, and player of the year yeah. during the experiment which can't have been... No, easy. I mean there's a lot of players. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, captain in that mob, bloody hell. Yeah. That can't have been easy. I mean he's gone on to make over 300 appearances in the championship and even, you know, with a few in the Premier League as well for Middlesbrough and I think that, that speaks volumes of his, of his ability. Yeah. Um, very lovely man. Yes. I mean, yeah. I know that's not really a consideration, <laughs> but I feel it. I think it is. It always, with, he's, I, he's my friend, he's your friend, he's your friend, as we yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, James O'Connor then, you know, I, obviously was, was, this decade was the end of his spell. We do have two seasons with the same as George Friend in if, this, in this decade. Yeah. He was, and, you know, before the injuries kicked in in that third championship season, he was, he was a key player in a team that was challenging in the playoff space in the top yeah. half of the championship. I always thought if I was playing on the wing against him, I would crap myself. <laughs> um, and, but also it was, he was one of the most understated yeah. footballers as well, which you sort of, you only get an admiration for that from someone who's putting what, 200 and odd caps yeah. or whatever it is, and you get to know them as part of your squad and you get to really value them because of that. Yeah. You know, the other threat with O'Connor, I always thought, was when Coppinger was playing wider in the system, generally, the link play between him and O'Connor. Yeah. I just, I just, that for me is symbolic of the first few years at the chemo in the CA stuff as a season ticket holder, was watching those two work their way down the right flank in a yeah. tap and, and he always had something like that in his locker as well yeah. you know like you could see him putting his head down and you think well you know I don't think yeah. he's going to go on and score they, from it but you can no, get exactly. it and he, they just seem to have that intuition between yeah, yeah, them yeah. And the two let's try and make sense of this let's I think we should throw in O'Connor and George French you can probably hear me typing them into the team now as I say that I'm taking out I'm not going to go with James Husband but I get your reasoning yep Put him on the bench? Yeah. We're going to have about a 23-strong bench by the end of this. <laughs> yeah. So all the centre-backs then, don't think any other guys put forwards. Husband? Paul Quinn, Tommy Spur were suggested by a few people. Uh, Gareth Roberts was in one section. I feel like Gareth only played one season for us in this decade, which I think is wise yeah. to, to sidestep him in this instance. So as great a player as he was for us. Centre-halves. So the one I've got down... And I am the only person to put this down, so I don't think he's going to end up going in. But is uh, Bongani Kamalo? Oh wow, yeah. He had that season on loan with us, the season we were back in the championship, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. I thought it was an immense centre half. You know, South Africans actually he'd scored in a World Cup just like three years before joining us. And what is noticeable is that Rogers fell away from the end of March that season, and the win at Leeds, and that was it. Kamalo left us at the end of that March. You know, that's not a coincidence as far as I'm concerned. He was absolutely outstanding. It's a brave shout putting a loner in, I would say. I know, that. yeah, yeah. And the sort of, you know, identifies is, is they would be a special, special loner. And no doubt he was of, 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 a, of a certain level of quality. That's, that, mm. that goes without saying. Is he that good within that short time frame that you can say he was, 
I mean, you, you, I, I've got to say, you are you are right about the the, the the term, yeah. Which that says a lot. Yeah, I was, I was, I'd always thought of that, but I never looked it up until this week when yeah. I put this together. No, I, I, and that's that's yeah. sort of what's would sway me towards him, but at the same time, you just wonder. Yeah, and I'm and I'm wary that from yourself, me, and the other four fancy contributors you've submitted. I'm the only one to pick it. Yeah. Um, so the only player who, who gets the nod from more than one contributor is um, Andy Butler. Yeah. And I think that is a, a solid shout, I think. I think take, so. It's, he's he's on my ringers list as well. So um, let's, yeah, let's get him in. I think what I like about Butler is he's obviously coming. He's a, he's a, he's a Doncaster lad, you know, he's back now managing the, managing the Bells. He's, well, even though he's playing away at, I mean, I'll give him playing for Scum for <laughs> But he he was dedicated to the cause. Yeah, definitely. There's no doubt in that. And he used to get himself involved in a lot of things. Yeah, every, the, sort of, it felt like every April through debate over has Butler got enough in him for the season? Does he is he good enough for the level we're at? Yeah, certainly the last two seasons in League One. But Butler, I feel like after that season, we came out of came up from League Two most recently. He was undoubtedly brilliant at that level, and, and there was that thought of maybe League One. But he absolutely. Proved everyone yeah. wrong, I think, two seasons in a row. And, you know, he's to get the goal in the playoff semi final the way he did, it was really fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him that got it and took it yeah. into extra time. I think there's a lot to be said for a club that over the last 10 years, and I could be a bit more, but uh, haven't have, you know, endured a bit of a roller coaster ride. Mm. If you've been a player that has been malleable and adapted to that, then really yeah. you deserve a place in the squad. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to add Tommy Spur to the bench, by the way. Yeah, just because he's in uh, a few of our contributors' elevens. That's right. Let's crack on to midfield. I feel like there's a player that we'll probably all have. As James isn't here, it's definitely not Sean Thornton. Pick up a running gag from six podcasts ago. JC. Yeah, and I think that my midfield again is my defence. Equally, is two looking like a bit of a diamond. Mm. Um, uh, but but well, I mean, what do you say? What do you say about um, the man who you know has done um, all that we were just saying yeah, about yeah. the sort of yo 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 in and 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 a lot more? And uh, he'd be in two teams a decade, and probably a third still to come as well. That's the thing. Well, that is the remarkable thing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. doing this in ten years' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the team of the twenty twenties. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't even said this now. We are talking obviously about James Coppinger, or at least I am. I hope you are. <laughs> um, you know, he's ill of made, presumably by the time you, you hear this, 655 appearances for overs. You know, he's the only player that's with us for the entirety of this decade that we're talking about. We can't, but there's just not enough superlatives, is there really, for what he's done for the club? I and think what that, he's capable of. you know, if you try to describe this to non-Rovers fans, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things you would say is that he still makes it exciting, you know. He doesn't mm. just fit in. He's always been a player across those years that's made things happen, yeah. you know, and take non rovers fans to a game and he's the one who says, right, well, you immediately identify him yeah. as a player that's going to shake things up. Um, and that's just been a consistent throughout the last, well, however many years. Yeah, yeah. Going off the same thing, I mean, I think it was Rochdale away last season and I took a good friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan We'd gone for a few beers in Manchester before the game away at Rochdale. As we were walking in the turnstile, 
because we, you know, we're catching up. We haven't really had a chance to talk about the game much. My mate just goes, "Is uh, Coppinger still play for you? He's a yeah. good player." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, he does." And then Coppinger goes on to set up all three Rovers yeah, goals yeah, over yeah. the course. Yeah. Again, it couldn't have been any more oh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, even in an off off game, you can you can just count on him to create chances and yeah. probably. He's he's one of those players and few players that you have where every time he gets the ball, you move towards like the edge of your seat, or you shuffle forward on your feet because you feel like something's going to happen now. And I think Coppinger embodies that more than more than any player we've had because he he can do something. If we if we're classing Coppinger as a winger, mm-hmm. let's look at and we're presuming more right. Let's look on the left hand side of a midfield or an attacking left footed player. That I feel is probably in a lot of people's teams. David Cotterill? Not in my team, oh. but but was in. It was the first one that a lot of people said. Why haven't you put Cotterill in? Okay, so he's in. He's in mine, and he's in all the other four suggestions that I've got here. And I think my reason for having him is just that he was just phenomenal in that 2012-13 season when we when we won League One. Absolutely. Generally, anyway, some of the goals he scored were, were incredible. But on a pure stats base, like Rovers in the league that season scored 62 goals. Cotterill scored 10 and set up 20. 20 assists in a single season. So he's involved in just shy of 50% of all goals we scored that season. Which is just incredible for the team, especially a team winning in the division as well. And obviously, he went on from us, he went higher as well. Yeah. He was, you know, I saw him... Score an international goal after he played for us. He went to the Euros in, in 2016. He was clearly a, a talented player that I think we were very lucky to get out of time. I think there's, whilst there's, and I will always have perhaps criticism of Dean Saunders as a, as a manager, he did put together in that for the start of 2012-13 season a very solid sort of League One 12 or 13 players. And Cotterill was incredibly key to that, definitely. That he was one of the big talented players that 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 would have probably needed a bit of convincing to come to to uh, to Rovers, and he did a good job of 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 getting him in, keeping him in, and also the, the service that. And actually, just based on my my look, at, if if we, we we were looking at an outright left winger, yeah. he I would put him in. Yeah, I did go a bit more broad okay. in terms of like two centre midfielders. So the other one I put in there was Richie Wellens. Okay, um, doesn't quite fit the bill. But at the same time, he was the one that I I wanted in there. It, the, the interesting contrast there is is that he, with Cottrell, I, I absolutely you know a class act, a, a mm. real professional, um, and yeah, made things happen. You can't doubt anything. I honestly, I just didn't like him. <laughs> you know what? That I, is why. I, I, I know that's, that's a weird thing, <laughs> but there's there are so many reasons why I should. I should have, when he was at Rovers, have loved David Cottrell. Yeah. Not, not least the Welsh connection, <laughs> yeah. in my part. I never quite warmed yeah. to him. Yeah. Despite yeah. everything I've just said about his talent as a footballer, yeah. there's something that just stopped me warming to yeah. the talent. I don't know what it is. Um, and I'm for all for irrational emissions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but because everyone else that we've asked, or that I've asked, is, is got him in there as well as me, I'm going to, I'm going to throw Cottrell yeah, in. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Wellens, though, I think is worth discussing because I, I don't have him in my 11, and I just feel it's because I feel like we got the better of him in the previous decade than to this one, but I'm aware I'm potentially the minority here because, again, three of the four people that I've asked have got Richie Wellens in there. Yeah, the difference The difference with him is that there are two distinct phases. Yeah. Now, you've got a lot of players in this squad that are going to overlap, 
but but I think that that's a fair comment in there. Mm. But he did make 88 appearances between 2013 and 2016, which is... How many? 88. You've researched, have you? So I've, I've done... <laughs> I mean, you know, off the top of my head, I can't... Yeah, just that's how just I can't figure it. out, yeah. <laughs> but, so, so, I mean, that's yeah. that's certainly worthy of merit. But... The, the 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 fact that he definitely had a distinct phase in the latter, in the in the, the decade mm. of, versus the one before, it it wasn't quite the same. Yeah, I think if this was based on the entirety of his time with us, it'd be the Rob Jones esque, James Coppinger esque shearing. Yeah, and it's only that in me trying to perhaps thinking of who to put in this too much, and they're trying to split, see where the split is in Wellens' two spells with us. Obviously, the, the back end of that first spell was in this decade as well. I think just. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to have him in there because again, he's, he's a he's a person who's been picked by a lot of other people who've uh, submitted these these teams. So he's tentatively in at the moment, depending on what else we've got in, in brackets. Yeah, yeah, I think he might end up in, but we'll see. Who else you got in the field? One that I, I I feel quite passionately about is just just in terms of the fact that I've loved and I've seen few playmakers like him mm. is Brian Stock. He um, he's again actually he's one that that if if I was to take sort of a player out of this that mm. I would love to you know from their their prime that I would love to insert to a Rovers team now or any time. He's the sort of player that I would be looking at you know because that ability to sort of sort of dominate the centre of the park and distribute and sort of make a team tick is is something that I'll never forget really. Some of the sort of through balls that you could pick yeah. out just pitch point pin pinpoint accuracy which was which was always just sort of like wow, you know? Yeah. Um he he did he for me really does deserve a, a, a spot. Stock is he's one of those he's, he's one of the few players that I have Actively gone out of my way to watch since he's left Rovers. As about yeah, yeah. I think we've had this meeting yeah, discussion yeah, off yeah. there before. We we've both been to watch Brian Stock play for having a Waterloo. Yes, yeah. Just for a pure joyous nostalgia trip yeah, yeah, of watching yeah. him on ping a football around <laughs> for fun. Um, yes, I mean Stock was incredible for Rovers. There's there's no doubt in that. Again, the only reason he's not in my eleven that I picked was just that you know him falling across the apex of of two decades really but he probably should be in <laughs> the more I think about it he probably should be in more than one of my other selections we'll come on to it a bit but yeah Stock's definitely in a recurring as well he's in Jack the Miner's team he's in Dutch Uncle's team as well current player that's in there then for me midfielder uh, Ben Whiteman same and yeah. it's probably one of my few pure player quality selections yeah. absolutely yeah yeah, I mean, I've 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 got Whiteman in there because I think he's he's just a pure a pure talent, like you say. You know, as a midfielder, he leads by example. He can tackle, he can pass, he can he can score some very good goals. He he gets about. He always wants the ball. He's he's really enjoyable to watch. If you you know if you watch a Rovers game, if you're able to to do it in such a way where you just watch one player, just watching the way he moves around the pitch and and wants the ball is is really. Really impressive. Yeah, and I know that sort of uh, putting a financial valuation on any of this is a bit of a redundant task, given you know all the market faults yeah. to play. Um, but he's one of the few that, that definitely commands a seven-figure sum, uh, yeah. and, and sort of you could say with some confidence, if you to believe some tabloids, that he did. We you know we were offered that, you know, and and mm. that does say a lot. 
Yeah, it took me a while there to work out what a seven figure sum was. <laughs> yeah, 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 more than we'll ever see in our life. Just yeah. 50 grand. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't include the pence, do you, in a seven figure <laughs> sum? I remember now. Some other nominations then. Uh, so the other person I had in my team, and it's debatable because, again, it's another lone E. I mean, I've already realised how you feel about that, is uh, Herbie Kane. Ah, well, now I did consider that. Yeah. I mean, and my reason why is it's just an absolute joy yeah. to watch. Coppinger aside, Herbie Kane is the player I have most enjoyed, like, as in literally like bring a smile to my face, cheer, lay sort of thing. I've genuinely most enjoyed watching our Rovers shirt in the last decade. Yeah. And what an incredible season he had, you know. Mm. I mean, he, 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 was, he played the, the full stretch of that. Yeah, I, I don't know how many appearances I, I lost count <laughs> on, this, on this occasion. Slash forgot to Google. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, FA Cup run and and mm. and um, and playoff run. What what I liked about him, um, one of the, well, one of the things I liked about him is he clearly had an incredible amount of skill and had the tricks in his locker. I remember that sort of some of the turns he was putting against Charlton in the FA Cup just in front of the away end when we were sort of showboating at 2-0 and he was really showboating, really putting on a show for the fans. He had that in his locker. But what I liked about him is he knew when to bring it out and when not to. Yeah. And, you know, and for such a young player... An incre- incredible amount of maturity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just watching him the first couple of times I saw him for overs, again, similar to Whiteman, always offering. You know, this kid's supposed to be 19, he's just come into the team, one of his first games and he's... Running around always, like, it looked like Richie Wellens. Yeah. Both thin, like, you know, he's got the, I've always said he's got the hairline of someone twice his age, it became. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he looked like Richie Wellens in how he moved around, yeah, how he yeah. wandered off for the ball. I mean, if you could mould a perfect loney, he would be it for me, you know, yeah. like, like, I mean, an incredible year's service. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously it, it reaped dividends as well because we, we did very well out of him. Yeah. And he's one of those players where you think, well, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have him. He's gonna go on to better things, and you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, you, you can only go. Well, inevitably, he's yeah. he's better than what we. What, you know, he should be doing better than, yeah. than playing for us. Okay, other nominees for midfield and John Coyle. Well, two he mentions as bench inclusions actually. Uh, Paul Keegan and Tommy Rowe. I've got Tommy Rowe okay. as a potential too. Mm. Um, and <sighs> yeah, I think for Rowe. An undoubtedly talented player. There just seems to be frustration that it never quite all came. Did yeah. it? We get spells and brief in glimpses where you think, yeah, this, this, this guy, this talent, we've had it all this time. Where's it been? Yeah. And it never, he'd sometimes go out to him and come back into him and give us a, bo- a, a boost. Yeah. But I just don't feel he's been as consistent as the others. And I know that's a bit weird when, I've been, when we've included Herbie Kane. As yeah, a potential, but I just don't think Tommy Rowe delivered as consistently as yeah. which is a shame because he's undoubtedly a talent. That sigh, which I'm not sure was audible, but just, <laughs> just for context, I almost blew my laptop lid down. Um, that sigh at the start probably sums up in, in sort mm. of like without words what you were saying then. Yeah, absolutely, you know, undoubtedly talented. Did he ever realise that level of talent? Certainly yeah. not with us, because at times he did, and then and that's where you sort of just said, you know, I knew he had his locker, but then. You know, he didn't show enough of it to warrant inclusion. No, not in a, it's not certainly a team against this midfield that we yeah. that we saw coming. And we're not saying he was poor for overs; just that we're putting him against some other very good players yeah. for overs that delivered. Paul Keegan, 
I mean, he was he was here a long time. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He was he was you know longest second longest serve. Well, I suppose you just count Coppinger, don't you? Like longest <laughs> serving other player. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, we used to have a, a joke with school mates of us where you know how they say like um, like a free kick is like Beckham territory. Yeah. When it's like twenty, as you say, it's twenty five yards. Oh, it's Beckham territory. We decided that Keegan territory was. Anywhere in midfield, but two and a half feet off the ground. Because that's where he just like thundered it, not to shoot, just to win. He just thundered into anything. And the ball would just constantly be bouncing yeah. at that height whenever he had it in his possession. Yeah, it was, it was a solid stalwart, but I don't think, even as a, a defensive a midfield to build the rest on, I don't think he, he, made, yeah. he, he offers enough to be included. In Stalwart was definitely the word that came to my yeah. mind. And, and it's like, well, everything that you want in that sort of play, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether he was that good. And that's, you know, several great years for Rovers um, and will always be remembered fondly. Mm. Um, but, but I just, yeah, I think that he probably lacked Maybe some of the panache that takes players uh, into that next yeah. level, you know. Sorry, I, I laughed while you were talking. It was purely because when you said he'll always be remembered fondly, I was like, "Did he die?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was just the turn of phrase that got me very worried and sort of looking to Google. For the record, he is alive and well. Uh, <laughs> as as far as we as are, as far away, as we're away, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just clarify that because <laughs> I mean, well, imagine if he passed away between now and putting this out. Oh, that'd be really sad. Should we just take a minute, just in case? Paul Keegan, everyone. Who are we including then out of this lot? Because we've got we've got four here. I think we can discount Herbie Kane from the starting midfield. Yeah. So mainly because it's only me who shouted for it. So I think yeah. that'd be but, but a very a good. It, it is a good shout. I bench, definitely so. did think of that. All right, he's on the bench. And then you're looking at. I think we'd agreed on Whiteman going in there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So then, do we go Wellens or Stock? Um, for me, it's it's always been Stock. I mean, it's it's, mm. it's obviously. I think that the only thing that's excluding him is that time frame. Okay, I'm doing the maths on everyone's suggestions here. Okay. Uh, that whispering of bloody hell was me realising that it's 3-3 three, three on nominations. <laughs> right, Can we put him in goal? Uh, <coughs> when you were so resolute on stock, I'm putting stock in and taking my hands out. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you know... My, you're here. Where, yeah. where are the other guys? Exactly, eh? yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And if both they, of them hey, are... look, if they can't be asked to get on a train down to London and argue their cause for Richie Wellens, yeah. then this, this is what they get, yeah. Make your own judgment about us not being bothered to go up to Doncaster to do it, but that's beside the point. <laughs> As predicted, very busy bench. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're down to the last two, because we've put four in midfield. So we're looking at two strikers. And I think this is... Undusted two candidates. I think the same. Marquis, Let's hope we've got the two candidates. Marquis and Sharp. That's what I've got. Good. Right. Good. I mean, like, oh, yeah, no. So <laughs> I, I, I can see past them. The only, I, I had a shout for Liam Mandeville. Really? Hmm. That's up there with James's Sean Thornton. You know. Do you think? In the in the time period, I mean, he had a a good couple of months. Yeah. I know you're swayed by that game at Exeter where he <laughs> made made you getting soaking wet and cold worth it. Yeah, saved my bacon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, um, I think that I mean Billy Sharp start uh, to, to start mm-hmm. off always just 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 bloody uh, fun to watch and, and and obviously just from where he's gone since um, is 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 um, Spell at Rovers. You sort of sometimes you feel like you had a bit of a role in that. Do you ever think that? 
Like I always felt like he came to Rovers, turned it around, and now he's a Premier League oh, striker. Well, I, thought, I think it meant me personally. You whispered one one match yeah. when he was about to come on, and, and I, ever since then Billy, it's just been. Billy, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to the doubters, Billy. Um, God, I was shocked then that I had such an influence on his career. <laughs> <laughs> I realised you meant Rovers as your you. Yeah. Um, yeah, sharp, definite for me. Um, what is he? The what, 35 goals across his two 35 goals in this decade I should add he scored another 10 or 11 in the first half of the 2009-10 season yeah um, most expensive player ever signed yeah only million pound plus sign we've ever made yeah and you would have been good chat. I, not, not in any way no well Unless you were Sean O'Driscoll and you'd rather have spent the money across maybe four or five players. Yeah. Than <laughs> but you can't, you know, you can't argue with the goals he brought and the, the, I tell you what, the other thing, the belief he brought in that, you know, we had this team that could play the ball around and suddenly we had, oh, we could, we can get it in the net as well at the end of it. Yeah. Which all that was missing in that early sort of championship season. Yeah. He certainly brought that to us. I mean, you could sort of, the team that we have now, there's, t- there's actually t- a few teams that we had in previous seasons where, where the football's been good, but the end product hasn't been there. Now, he yeah. was the end product. Yeah. If we had 29 to 2011 Billy Sharp hooked up now, yeah. forums would be quiet. Yeah. One. Yeah. You're now moaning about uh, the desperate need for a striker and yeah. for one. You'd be, we'd be up there. I mean, we're up there anyway, but we'd be even further up yeah. there. Yeah. And I think it's sort of like a cry for a certain type of striker, which is... Just reliable, understands where he needs to be. Yeah, it's that person who can hold the ball, but also give that bit of explosivity as well. Yeah, and we've kind of got the latter, or we've had the latter in a few players, but not necessarily the former. Or we've had the former in a player in, say, like Chris Brown, but he never had that explosivity. And 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 Sharp, I feel, always had both. Yeah, just uh, would you want Mark Billy Sharp? Sorry? Would you ever want to mark Billy Sharp? Well, you'd never get a touch of the ball, would you? That'd be annoying as anything. I yeah, think. yeah. Like pain in the arse. Sharp's in. Yeah. That's no doubt. Marquis? Yeah. Likewise. He's he's like, he's he's, he's such a... But it's your... <laughs> you know, that is... Um, he, he would just... If he was playing against you, I would give him just... I would be hurling abuse yeah, yeah, for yeah. 90 minutes. Oh, on... on and he plays for you and it's just such a satisfying feeling knowing <laughs> that it would be the other way around for sure I remember thinking that in his, in his first season with us that you think he is everything I've hated in every other striker we've ever faced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just this annoying whingy mouthy yeah. sod up front who will inevitably score against us I still think he's responsible for the vitriol we got after South End because he, he he did well to walk off that pitch alive yeah the, the good thing for Marcus in that game was like yeah like as you sort of alluded to there is he did all the shithousery stuff of yeah. falling into the away and <laughs> taking the ball with him and all that kind of thing and then Only it was, and then it was me you and your brother walking away from the ground we got the consequences because we inadvertently walked past the south end end to get to the pub we got all managed for yeah, us for, I know for I'm, being yeah. cheating northern gets yeah I, um, <laughs> I paraphrase uh, but yeah Marcus I mean stats wise just phenomenal he's the Seventh highest goal scorer of all time. Yeah. For Rovers, um, you know, six, seven goals across just three seasons. He's only the third player to score 25 goals in all competitions in a season twice. Right. Uh, the only other two being Tom Keatley and Peter Kitchen, which is some yeah. company. Yeah. 
Similarly, he's the only the third ever Rovers player to score 15 goals in all competitions, three seasons in a row. Yeah. Keep Lee and Kitchen again, the only others to do it. And um, stats courtesy of John, um, Dutch Uncle, I should say. Very good. Before I take any credit. Not for off his, the top of your head. Head. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, off, off Dutch Uncle and yeah. then off a piece of paper right here in front of <laughs> and, and like Billy Sharp, is the things that, that's sort of missing this season and, and, and in other seasons, really. It's um, it, yeah, it's it's that that strike who's who's completely you know he, he could smell the goal with his back turned to it yeah um, and 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 just sort of like always bemused me how you know we'd spent a lifetime it seemed waiting for a twenty goal a season strike demanded twenty six goals isn't it which he hadn't had since uh, Paul Barnes what's that, the best part of 50, 15 years without a 20 goal season strike. We finally get one. I think it's criticised for being a bit whingy <laughs> and a bit moany. Yeah. And you're like, it's like, oh, we really need a 20 goal season strike? Oh, we don't want that one. <laughs> a different one. I mean, it's only, I mean, this season, you have to look at this season to show what we lack. I mean, we lack other things around the pitch from other players like him, but most key has been a goal scorer on the end of what we're doing. And you just really hammers the impact Marquis had on the team, I think, further. So that's that's a front two. That's unanimous across... Oh, it's, all yeah, it's nice to agree on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a nice change. Um, one, two, three. We should probably stick a striker on the bench. Who's the best of the rest for you? Have you got anyone? Do you want me to throw out some of the suggestions? Well, I'm surprised you didn't like Mandeville, but... Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> that was yeah. not my suggestion, by the um, way. I would have had on my bench James Hayter. Okay, um, your silence. Let me put forward an argument. I'm looking for someone else who suggested hated as well. I think he was on John Coyle's bench. He was. Uh, James Ayer, like, I think he was, he's massively underrated how good he was for Rovers. Yeah. He was never, in all his time with this, he was, he was never really seen as the main striker. I, I've never known a player be so good at headers when it's not really in their makeup as a footballer. Do you know what I mean? He's not hes not a player that looks like he's built to head things. But in like, he's got every kind of headed goal you could hope for. Like, that yeah. the edge of the box, he would put yeah. his head in anything. Yeah. Uh, he was just a very brave forward. Would um, you, I mean, I, I know that the, the sort of like, the, it's all symbolic and, this, and, mm. and the fact that he's on the bench has no function whatsoever in this, in this context. <laughs> yeah. However, would you say he was an impact striker? No, and, and that's... Would, and coming that's, off the bench, would he do anything? Else? Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking is perhaps not. And obviously, of course, we need to make a hypothetical impact with from our yeah, hypothetical bench to this <laughs> hypothetical team for a hypothetical situation where we need a goal. <laughs> okay, in that case, I'm going to throw Chris Brown at you. And I know that's not necessarily an impact player yeah. but offers you something different and I thought Chris Brown forward is in that 2012-13 season we won the title Yeah. although Billy Painter outscored him I thought Chris Brown was more integral to how he played and I thought he was incredibly strong for us in the championship the following season as well um, is Painter in there no no one's no one suggesting him are you suggesting yeah. him now would you take him over Chris Brown I'd put him on the bench what ahead of Chris Brown yeah I think I would, uh, but that that this is this is bench. We don't have anyone else. To, anyone else here to settle? Can this? I just go uh, on, Karen? This this is this is bench talk. In 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 that he would he wouldn't be anywhere near my starting eleven. Hater would be closer to my starting eleven if it wasn't so concrete with the, uh, with, the, with the top two and and Brown yeah th- 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 second to that. But 
So you're going hater, then Brown, then Painter. Yeah, but as an impact player, as someone who I think could score in ten with ten minutes left, yeah, Painter, uh, it would be probably the opposite way around. That's absolutely yeah. That's that's you know what you've, you've helped in no way. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, I have hang been. on, no, because Chris Brown's in the middle of those three twice. Okay. And someone else has suggested him, so he's in. Okay. Right, we've he's got, on the bench. He's on the bench. We've got one sub place left. And I can tell you, Liam Mandeville is not getting it. I'm, I'm pulling rank. Uh, oh, do you want a left field suggestion of a player we've missed out? Always. Ryan Mason. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Who is incredibly good for us and clearly incredibly talented, but would perhaps not here is enough. And if you compare him to other loanees, Kane's perhaps bigger impact over the course of the season. I think that Kane is undoubtedly a bigger impact just because of how good he was. Yeah. But that's no, that's I like that. I like mm. that he's been thrown in there because actually, yeah, I, I never considered that. No, I didn't. Yeah, credit to Lazarus for for throwing that one into the mix. Painter or painter? Who's going on the bench? I think that because this is a more symbolic thing, and they're not actually coming off the bench, yeah. we should put Hater in. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to remind yourself of that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. he's on there. Yeah, club state club ambassador James Hater. Yeah. There we go. So we've got an 11. I'll go through it now. Goalkeeper Neil Sullivan. O'Connor. Andy Butler and Rob Jones. George Fred. James Coppinger. Ben Whiteman. Brian Stoff. Dave Cottrell. John Marquis. Billy Sharp. And you've got a bench. Sam Johnston. James Husband. Tommy Spur. Richie Wellens. Herbie Kane. James Haters. Chris Brown. Happy with that? Good squad. What are we winning with that? Actually, a nice League Cup, League Cup semi-final at least. I feel. Yeah, this is that's a strong mid mid table championship type team. Um, in in if you in the head, uh, yeah, picked at the time when they were at their best. I think at least you know you you could see a uh, squad like that gelling and, and yeah. pushing. My big worry would be uh, being done for paces in the <laughs> at the back. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and if I'm honest, putting that in, in that context, when I said where, when you just put that out there, where did they play? Yeah, that made me doubt three or four that are in there. No, not three or four, three that are in there immediately. Oh, that's all right. Neil Sullivan being the first one where I thought actually, if we're going to play mid championship, we'd want Sam Johnson. But it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Now. It's in concrete. Well, he'll get his, he's on the bench. He'll get his chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll, he'll undoubtedly get injured. So there we go. Uh, that's our popular stand fanzine team of the 2020s. You might agree, you might not. Uh, either way, be sure to let us know on Twitter. You can at Viva Rovers. Um, we hope you enjoyed the podcast's return to your ear holes and we'll be back next month and each and every month of 2020 after that. All being well. Listen out for us on the final Friday of each and every month and remember to subscribe via your preferred podcasting platform. Uh, so thanks to Jack for joining me. Anytime. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year again. Thanks to, uh, as I said, John Coyle, Dutch Uncle, Jack the Miner, and Lazarus for, for helping us out with their suggestions. And until next month, we'll see thee.